Welcome to another episode of the Just Get Started podcast. I'm your host, Brian Andreco, and thanks again for being a part of this journey where we talk with people who are trying to live their most fulfilling life, which often tends to be on a much different path than it started out on. Whether it was changing careers, getting laid off from a job which sparked their entrepreneurial journey, or breaking through the noise to answer their calling. All of these types of situations and more, but they wouldn't have gotten to where they're at today if they didn't get started. We talk about the why and the how of these getting started moments and the lessons learned along the way. I'm grateful to have you listening in along on this episode, so let's get it started. On this week's episode, I am pleased to welcome Udo Erasmus, who is the founder of Udo Oils and an award-winning author. Let me give you a quick background. Well, maybe not that quick as he's done a lot in his career, but a little background before we jump into this episode. Udo Erasmus is a pioneer of health and wellness industry, having created flaxseed oil and the healthy oils fats movement. He is also the co-founder of the Udo's Choice Supplement brand, a global leader in cutting-edge health products selling tens of billions of bottles of healthy oils, probiotics, and digestive enzymes. Erasmus invented the methodology and machinery that created the healthy fats and oils industry. Udo is an accomplished author of multiple books, including Fats That Heal, Fats That Kill, that has sold over 250,000 copies worldwide. He has extensive education in biochemistry and biology, a master's degree in counseling psychology, and has impacted over 5 million plus lives by passionately conducting 5,000 plus live presentations, 3,000 plus media interviews, 1,500 staff trainings, and traveled to 40 plus countries with his message on how to achieve perfect health. Udo was a speaker at Tony Robbins' events on oils and Deepak Chopra's events on peace and has lectured at conferences on five continents. And boy, do we have quite an extensive interview here. Um, As many folks know that maybe have listened to this podcast before, I'm really into health and wellness. So I wanted to understand not only Udo's story, but some things that we could glean uh, from his knowledge and really take back into our lives right away, but also some areas where we can do some deeper research um, and explore uh, for better information for our uh, nutrition down the road. So I hope you all enjoy this wide-ranging conversation. So without further ado, please welcome in Udo Erasmus. Udo, welcome to the podcast, man. Glad to have you. Hi, Brian. It's uh, glad to be on. Well, there's, uh, there's so many angles we're going to go on this thing. Um, and, and I almost, when I was preparing for this, I was like, gosh, where do I start with him? There's so many cool things we could talk about. So mm-hmm. here's what I decide on. I think would be a really good spot is I want to go back to 1980. It's 1980 seemed like a, this turning point for you. And mm-hmm. I could be wrong mm-hmm. where you were, you were poisoned by pesticides. Mm-hmm. And that ultimately, and I could be wrong. This is where I want to learn to start. Yep. change the course of your life, basically, by some event around that time. Can we start there and then yeah. and we'll go down that path? Yeah, well, you can, but but it started before that. But Okay, this, this start, is one start turning, me then. I've, I've had many turning points. <laughs> well, let's start there and then yeah. weave me back yeah. uh, to, yeah. to where it was before there. Yeah. Okay, so what's the question? So... 1980. Yeah. T- tell me about this event. Yeah. You were poisoned, poisoned by, by pesticides. pesticides. Yeah. I had a job as a gardener and I got a pesticides application license as part of that. And uh, my marriage broke up and I was really upset and I wanted to kill something. 
So I took a full-time job as a pesticide sprayer. Mm. And I did it for three years, very carelessly. I used to walk across the lawns that I had sprayed until the, until the skin peeled off my feet, at which point I started wearing rubber boots, but I was a bathing suit job, summer, wanted to get a tan, careless, the wind would drift the spray on my back. And people said to me, aren't you afraid you're gonna get poisoned? Nah, I am immune. We call that testosterone poisoning. Mm. It happens to young men. <laughs> They think they're invincible until they crash, right? Yeah. And so after three years, I got poisoned, went to the doctor, said, what do you have for pesticide poisoning? She said, nothing. A very big penny dropped at that point. My health is my responsibility. Mm. And I, I wasn't like a junk food eater ever that much, but now I took it really seriously. I got seriously interested in health. And so I had a background in science and bioscience and psychology and uh, a year of medicine. Mm. So I had pretty good background in how things work. And so I went through the literature to look at how nutrition and health, nutrition and disease are related. And the reason for that was your body is made out of four things, solar energy, oxygen, water, and food. And when something goes wrong with your health, because life knows how to make a healthy body, mm -hmm. if you get those right. And when, when you get sick, it's because, generally speaking, it's because one is somewhere you're doing something wrong. So, and it's usually living out of line with nature or living out of line with your nature. Mm -hmm. And when you get out of line, things don't work because the genetic program and your whole being was made to live fully present in your space and fully present in your surroundings. Mm. So I was reading health and nutrition, disease and nutrition, because the body's made out of food. That's how the way I was thinking, a little more narrow than I just talked about. And, and, uh, the, I, and, and I got stuck on fats because that was the most confusing area. Mm. And the oils that are essential, essential fatty acids, omega-3 and omega-6, are essential nutrients that you have to get from outside because your body can't make them from anything else. And if you don't get enough, you can't be healthy. Your health will deteriorate. You'll get deficiency symptoms. They are degenerative in nature. They will get worse with time. And if you don't get enough of any essential nutrient long enough, you die. This is part of the definition of an essential nutrient. And if you're not getting enough and your health is going down, but before you die, you bring enough of the missing essential nutrient back into your, into your body, then all of the symptoms of not getting enough are reversed because life knows what to do, provided you take responsibility, I take responsibility to make sure that all of the essential building blocks land in the body. Life knows what to do after that. And you're not responsible for anything more than that. And all the building and all the repair and all the replacement of the atoms in your body that happen every year, 98% of the atoms in your body are removed and replaced. You don't even notice. When you get, when you get the, the, the building blocks right, you optimize those, life will optimize your health. And, and I, I ended up with fats because they're the most sensitive of all of our essential nutrients. They're damaged by light, by oxygen, by heat. 
They need to be protected. They need more protection than anything else in nutrition. And we give them the least protection. We throw them in a frying pan. And then we turn them into smoke. And you know that when you turn oil into smoke, you change something in the chemistry, mm. right? This is like oil is not just condensed smoke. Yeah. <laughs> so you're changing molecules. Now you bring those molecules, damaged molecules into your body, and they take up places that should be occupied by natural molecules. And then they interfere with, with what goes on in that space. Mm. And when you do that, you know, um, a year, two years, five years, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, your body's not really good at getting rid of these damaged molecules. So they pile up. And when they pile up, when enough of them pile up, then you start to get symptoms of illness. Mm. I want to so, go into, can, can, I, yeah. can I pause you there? Because I, I want to put that on the shelf. I want to go back to that and really dive in. There's yeah. something, though, if I fail to ask, I'm going to kick myself later. <laughs> kick because, yourself now. Well, because... <laughs> Most people in your position, like, like yeah. throughout history, right? You have the pesticide, we'll use that example, right? That you went yeah. through. You go to the doctor and you're like, well, I can't really do anything for you. Yeah. They live with it. They figure it out. They'll whatever. Then they're sick for what have you. Mm-hmm. You decided to actually like start a company and build this whole mission yeah. and what like yeah. what was the motivator behind going right. from because you were spraying pesticides for a few years yeah to now going this whole nother route like what what did you already did you have that in you already from some other stuff you did prior or can you share a little bit about what drove you to go down that path so hard yeah yeah i, I in fact and if i was i was just getting there but it's a great it's perfect to to put put it in the question so what happened is I started reading, found out they're very sensitive. They're damaged by the processing that industry does. And most people don't know that because the industry won't tell you. When you treat oils for shelf life, that's what the industry does. Then they're treated with Drano, with window washing acid. Then they're bleached with bleaching clays. That turns them rancid. Now they stink. So they have to be deodorized or de-stinkerized, as I sometimes call it. And that's done at frying temperature. So these oils have been heated to frying temperature before they even go in the bottle, before they go on the shelf, before you buy them. And in that process, about a half to 1% of the molecules are damaged, changed from natural to unnatural. Unnatural is toxic. Mm. So how how many molecules would you get in a tablespoon? Because it's only 1% damage. It sounds like, well, how can that be a big deal? But here's the thing. In one tablespoon, of an oil, 1% damaged by the industrial processing, you get 60 quintillion damaged molecules. And 60 quintillion molecules is more than a million damaged molecules for every one of your body's 60 trillion cells. Hmm. Wow. And most people, when I ask him, when I ask him to guess how much damage is done in this 1% damaged oil, their estimates are always more than a million times too low. And so then I ask him, so if you were going to go fly home for the holidays and you were about to get on the plane and somebody who only always told the truth told you that your chance of crashing and dying on, that, on your trip home is a billion times higher than you thought it was, would you get on the airplane? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Probably not. Yeah. In Ireland, I told him I'd canoe home. Yeah. I'd canoe home to Canada. 
you know, my chances wouldn't be good, but I would take those chances over a billion times more serious. And I, and you know, I would, I used to be pretty uneasy flying Yeah, safer than driving a car, but it didn't feel that way to me because yeah. I'd had anxiety around it. Now, are we talking about all oil? Like, when I think of oil, right, the first comes to mind is vegetable oil, canola oil, olive oil. Like, are we talking all oils? Are there certain talking, categories? Talking about all the oils that are usually sold in the supermarkets in the on the shelf, that are on the shelf in plastic bottles. Okay. Uh, except extra virgin olive oil. Okay. But it's basically all the seed and nut oils treated with drain or window washing acid, bleached and fried, a half to 1% damaged. And we use two to four tablespoons a day of oils like that. And when we put them in the frying pan, you probably have to multiply the toxicity by another six times because you're in the frying pan, you're, you're exposing the oil to light, oxygen, and heat, the three damagers, all at the same time. And frying is the dumbest thing we ever invented to do to our foods from a health perspective. Mm. And we ought to do, take our frying pan out turn it upside down, hit ourselves on the head with it really hard and throw it out because that, you know, because it is associated with enormous amount of damage. And when you fry, when you fry starch or you fry protein or you use oil for frying, each one of them increases inflammation and the risk of cancer independent of the other two. So if I, so let me give you a a scenario, right? I'm Mm. cooking, you know, whatever, I'm cooking some ground beef or something. Yeah. You know, some, some nice grass fed, you know, uh, mm-hmm. ground beef. Yeah. If I put olive oil in the skillet, that's not, that's no bueno. That's not good. No bueno. You know, so, the, burnt, the burnt on the hamburger is, is where the more inflammation, more and more risk of cancer comes from. Interesting. The oil itself is where more risk of cancer and inflammation comes from. Is no no bueno. So what what would you recommend then in that scenario? What should I cook the meat with? Well, you know, in a, uh, until a hundred years ago, yeah. people cooking meant preparation of food in hot water. Hmm. So the traditional use of olive oil was okay. they cooked their vegetables in water, poured out the water, and then added the extra virgin olive oil, which is not damaged. Hmm afterwards in order to enhance flavor and the absorption of oil-soluble nutrients. That was the traditional use of olive oil. What happened was when the mega industry began, it was only about 120 years ago. So before that, it was like when I was a kid, cooking meant cooking with water. And the other one was called frying or deep frying. Now cooking means means frying or deep frying. So we've even changed the, the, the way we use the word. And it came from because somewhere at, some, at one point, the industry said, oh, my God, they use water for cooking. What if we could get, what if we could get them to use oil instead? Mm. And they figured out how much more money they could make. And then they started promoting oils for cooking. And they knew even way early on that frying and you know, burning your food is not natural. In fact, in nature, the... the the mandate was fresh, whole, raw, organic, and, and for humans, mostly plant-based. When we had rocks to hunt with, we ate a lot of vegetables. Yeah. Because they don't run away and they don't fight back. 
right. and they they're really easy to hunt down and kill, right? Yeah. And so that was you know so if you look at how we how we live as so-called civilized people, how far we've departed from fresh, whole, raw, organic, and mostly plant-based, mm-hmm. we've gone a long ways away from that. And so processing that isn't done with health in mind is the major reason for our degenerative diseases. Yeah. And then what is processing? Well, it's baking and it's frying. And, you know, I mean, look at all the things we do to prepare foods. And all the other animals, they're just getting it from nature, eating it the way it is. Yeah. That's a good point. Organic. Yeah, very important and very basic. Very bait. Sometimes well, the simplest they, answer is the right one, right? Yeah, like. yeah, yeah, yeah. And and so the, the the idea is like wherever you are right now, if you want to improve your health, head in the direction of fresh, whole, raw, organic, mostly plant based. Yeah. Head in that direction. Every step you take in that direction, you will gain something in health. Every step we took away from that, we gained something in disease. Well, I think it's encouraging too. You mentioned that, and and I think this is definitely backed mm-hmm. with all, and like so. There's a lot of stuff that I've researched that you can change. So just because yeah. you ate like crap for the last twenty years doesn't mean right. you can't change going right. forward. You although just have to change, make those. All these, although change is hard if you're not inspired, but Fair. you can change. Yeah, and in fact, you know, every year, ninety-eight percent of the atoms in your body are removed and replaced. 98%, like almost your whole damn body is removed and replaced. You don't even notice because it's mm-hmm. so subtle. But what that means is that if you're sick and you want to get healthier, you need to raise your standard for food, water, and air and sunlight. You need to raise your standard and then adhere to that standard for a year and you will have rebuilt 98% of your body to a higher standard. That's called healing. That's why healing is possible because you're, 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 a, you're a major construction site that's always under construction, constructed better by using better building materials. So just to underscore, so extra virgin olive oil, that's your recommendation? No. No, because extra virgin olive oil has no omega-3s in it. Oh, okay. All right. And it has only 10% omega-6. The rest of it is stuff your body can make out of sugar and starch. Okay. So I developed flax oil in 1986. Flax oil is a very rich source of omega-3s. And I developed a method for making it with with health in mind. Hmm. And uh, that was just like a a fluke because omega-3s were only established as essential in 1981, the year after I got poisoned. So mm-hmm. I was there when they established that. And I, it was like, every cell needs them. 99% of the population doesn't get enough for optimum health. Uh, they're a nightmare to work with. And I got really excited. Oh my God, if we could make those with health in mind and bring them back to the population, we could we would be improving the standard of, of food intake for 99% of the population, and we could help so many people. And I went ballistic. I mean, I, I, I went off like a firecracker. Oh, my God. It's like I found a purpose for my life. I got so inspired. 
<laughs> and after that, it, we we just it was a we coasted, we coasted on that inspiration. Oh my God! We so we made developed a different way of making oils to protect them from light, oxygen, and heat. Put them in dark glass bottles because plastic leaches into oil. You don't want that in your body. Put a box around it to cut the light out. Put it in the refrigerator to keep it cool, and sold those oils for four times more than what people were used to paying for oils. But we told them the story. Why? Why that care? Because they're the most sensitive nutrients we have, and they need the most care. And by God, if you give them the care they need, they more health benefits will come from making from changing to oils made with health in mind than anything else you do in nutrition. And more health problems, physical health problems, come from getting the oils wrong and damaged than any other part of nutrition. And mm-hmm. we just like we went ballistic. We we had no money. We were major enthusiasm in a van without air conditioning in the hottest months in the US, July, August, half of September, half of June. So I slept on the floor between the 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 driver, the you know, the steering wheel and the bed that my my driver had had uh, built for himself. I slept on the floor. Our our clothes were in, on a broomstick inside the double doors, no air conditioning. And we literally did a 101-day tour in 85 cities, 35 states, 17,000 miles ro- by wow. road, because we were so inspired with this possibility of how many people we could help. I was like... How did you get, like, how did you start this thing? Because like you just mentioned, like no one really knew what this was, right? Yeah. In in the eighties, like, yeah. how did you actually go about like sourcing and creating products and that whole thing? Did you even know anything of how to do that? I knew nothing and I had no, no business background, but I had background in sciences. So I understood the, the, you know, I, I spent five years writing my book before we went on the road, mm. actually almost six years. And I studied it because in, in university, I was not interested in fats because none of my professors were interested in fats. They were all talking about DNA, RNA, and protein. Mm. That was there. They, they were excited about it because they had busted the code, Watson and Crick. And, so, and I was excited about that too. And fats, the professors drew, drew straws, who was the poor sucker who had to who had to teach lipids. So their lack of enthusiasm, you know, rubbed off on me. So I didn't have enthusiasm either until all of this thing that happened. And I realized how much damage is done by oils and how poorly understood they are and how confusing they are. And I said, oh my God, there's a place here where I can make a serious contribution and help a lot of people. And that drive, you know, I was also really shy. You know, when I went to school, if I had to do a, a talk in front of the class, I would find a reason not to go to school. And I was that shy. I, I could talk to individuals, but talking to more than two eyeballs at a time freaked me out. Mm. And, uh, you know, but the, but the enthusiasm made everything easy because now it was an adventure. Now it was something, oh my God, this is so cool. You know, it's like when a kid discovers water and how many splashing and, you know, all the things you can do with water, right? It was like that. It was like, oh my God, I don't believe this is, you know, and I knew what essential means. So I had just like the foundation of the understanding and the research hadn't been done. 
But if it's essential and you get problems when you don't get enough, everybody, almost everybody must have problems that can be improved when you bring in and optimize the missing omega-3s. And then we had, I worked with other people. So sourcing is not hard because flax is a, is a seed. It's used in the paint industry to make paint, you know, to, to do furniture. There was a linseed oil in the market. It was not good for human consumption. For human consumption, omega-3s have to be fresh because they're perishable. So all we did was we created a, the machinery that was protected from seed to bottle, you know, through the pressing, the filtering, the settling, the filling, so that no light, oxygen, and heat could get to the oil through all that, which means you have to build a very tight system. And I grew up on a farm, so tinkering was, I was pretty comfortable with. I knew what the issues were. And then we just built it. And then I, I first I designed it in my head, and then we had engineers do some of the building for us. And, uh, and then I, told, I wrote the book, and then we went out and told the story. And so I was basically the, the spearhead of it because it was my inspiration. And people wanted to work with me because I was inspired. You know, people like, when, like to work with people who are inspired. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And was it a, did you find it was a slow progression? Like, because it was new adoption of like a new idea, right? That, you, you know, it's not something where all these, all these other yeah. oils probably have been around for a long time, had big, you know, companies backing yeah. those type of things. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, it was, it, you know, it started with one bottle. So it was, it was completely organic with one bottle. And then I had somebody asked me to give a talk on the book. So I was really freaked about that. But then he said, listen, don't worry about it. You, you know more than 99% of the people because you've spent five years studying right. this. And my concern was, you know, what if somebody gets up and challenges me and proves me wrong because I was really shy, right? right? He said, well, you know, he said, if somebody comes up and he knows more than you do, then just listen and learn. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's that easy. But, you know, and then honestly, I, you know, they, but it was the, it was the inspiration of the possibility that dragged me through all of my stuff. And that's, you know, there's a, there's a lesson in that. If you're, if you're not inspired by what you're doing, then you, you can find lots of obstacles and lots of reasons why you shouldn't do it and lots of hesitations and what anxiety and fear and all of that stuff. Maybe if that's your case, you need to sit down and do nothing and get into the really boring part of being alive. You know, the quiet part, the really peaceful part, it seems boring until you fall in love with it. And in that stillness, inside of your, the space your body occupies, you will discover what is your inspiring purpose. You, you know, don't cook it up in your head. It's already within you because it's based on what you're capable of, what your talents are, what your experiences are, what you have an affinity for, what you've been around. And in the, in the, in the core of your being, that's already all together but you have to go to the core to find it because it will not chase you. You have to go to it. This is like, this is like deep, right? You want to want purpose. The purpose is already within you and it's unique to you because you're unique in on this planet. And when did you discover that? that? 
How did I discover when that? When did you when did you discover it? How like how uh, well that's the that's the longer story. I was born in a war. Okay. And we were refugees when I was three years old, fleeing from the communists in chasing us in tanks and trucks, on dirt roads, in horse-drawn hay wagons, women and children, little, young children, the men were all off at war. And the allies were using us refugees on those roads as target practice, shooting at us from planes. Now, these are the good guys. These are the ones we say are the good guys because we are we're them, <laughs> mm -hmm. right? And so it was really chaotic. And I remember anxiety and fear and not feeling safe and not knowing what I could count on. And my childhood was really shy. I read a lot of books because they were safe, right? Because the world wasn't, my world wasn't safe. And uh, when I was six years old, I heard adults argue about stuff that to me uh, just seemed like really trivial. And I said, like, why are they arguing? And it was so uncomfortable. I didn't like the arguments. And it occurred to me, man, there must be a way that human beings can live in harmony. And then it was like this little, this little uh, cocky little six-year-old thing inside of me. I'm going to find out how. And that was, that was, that's been my driver. That's what put me into science is to understand how things work and into biosciences, how creatures work and into psychology, how thinking works and into medicine, to how health works. Of course, I didn't f learn about medicine and he uh, health and medicine. So I went back into biochemistry and genetics. And then I left because I didn't find what I was looking for. There was st still something missing. And I got into self-knowledge because something was missing and my heart ached. My, there's an uneasy feeling in my chest from the time I was 17. I never knew what it was, but I couldn't shake it. And what we usually do with it is we distract ourselves because we don't like the feeling. It's uncomfortable. So we distract ourselves or we explain it away or we uh, ignore it or we deny it or we blame it on something or someone. That's how we deal with this. But this is not about anything out there. This is part of the human journey is we get disconnected from ourselves because in our mother's womb, we're, we're connected because there's nothing to do or nowhere to go. So our awareness is inside at its source in life. When we come out, then we got to get to know the world. You know, the, the free ride, the gravy train ended, the free ride is over, right? And we're in, I call the womb the Buddha space because because there's nothing to do. We're just floating. The body is, is growing. We're not doing anything. Everything is supplied, you know, taking place automatically, you know, from what the mother eats and all of that. And so our awareness is in the light, the light that is life, that is solar energy, that is the master, that is the power that runs everything. And so we are enlightened or enlightened or lit up from within. Mm. But then we, we forget that. We get outside because we have to survive. And now what's happened is our awareness, which was present inside but absent outside, gradually goes present outside, absent inside. And with that, the disconnection from our core, from ourself, from our life, is where heartache begins, where that uncomfortable feeling in our chest begins. Mm -hmm. Then we try to fulfill it by all of the things we do on the outside or what we think in our head. 
and it doesn't work. And every time one of those distractions dries up and ends, like grandma dies or the relationship ends or you don't have somebody so you feel lonely or restless or empty or blue, you know, that feeling is not about, it's triggered by outside events, but it's not, be, the outside events are not the cause. Our disconnection from ourselves early on, that began early on, yeah. is what we fall back to when our distractions dry up. And I, I felt that all the time. I didn't know what it was. I couldn't shake it. I couldn't find distractions because I had already tried all the things that I thought might do it. And eventually somebody said to me, you know, the, the connection or the wholeness or the peace that you search for in the world is within you. And I can show you how to connect to that. And I didn't think he could because I was 30 and that this kid was 14, you know, and then I thought, well, you know, I am interested in peace because I came out of a war. So just on the off chance that he can actually show me that I don't want to miss it. So I said, okay, I'll, I'll see if I can do it. Then I, he showed me a method and I thought it was too simple because I figured peace was more complicated than getting to the moon, right? Because we got to the moon, we right. still haven't got to peace. So it must be really complicated. And then I started doing the practice and it was like, no, it's, this actually works. And how I knew it worked is because when I started feeling a little more content inside, whenever I used to get into arguments with my ex-wife, I started not rising to the bait. And by the time six months were up, I said, wow, this works. So, I, so I, that's how I got into the practice. I was also very skeptical, but there is something inside of us there's perfect peace inside of every human being. It is the source of our being as well as the universe. But it's at the core of our being. And most people don't go deep enough to tap into that. But it's our foundation. And that means if you don't have peace, if you don't have access to peace, you're living without foundation. And then you become a victim of all the, the vicissitudes of your mind. Yeah. So, and the way to get away from that is you have to walk away from your mind and walk into a space that exists within you that is always content. Then out of that, on top of that, the next layer is, is uh, uh, life energy. Life energy is solar energy, goes into green plants, creates molecules where that solar energy is stored. We eat those, that energy is released. We break it down and energy is released. That's our life energy. So life energy is solar energy. But when you bring your awareness into it, it is also what all of the masters talked about. So whether you call that and, the, and what the, so Buddha called it enlightenment. So there's in your darkness, in your inner darkness, there's a light. If you go deep enough, you see that light. It's literally, it's real light. It's not a metaphor. And the same thing, there's a sound of life and there is a feeling of life in your, inside your emptiness is, is unconditional love. The, the energy that is your life loves your body unconditional, unconditionally, 24-7, lifelong. Never goes on strike, never takes time off. And by the way, that unconditional love is your personal essence. So we are unconditional love. Solar energy is unconditional love. Master energy is unconditional love. 
The life energy is the master of the body. So between science that looks at the solar energy and how energy works and the subjective experience of tapping into it, you're you bringing together what spirituality talks about and what science talks about. And they're exactly the same thing, except in science, you look at light from the outside. And in, in spirituality, you look at life from the inside and you are that light. Mm. And when you start looking, like if I say to you, Brian, Brian, whose body is that? What is your answer? I'd like to say it's mine. Yeah, that's what most people would say. <laughs> right. Right. But do you know that you've just told me that you're not the body? I don't know. I'm, no, I guess not. No. So let me show you. Whose watch is this? It's my watch. Yeah. I've just told you I'm not the watch. I'm the owner of the watch. Ah, I see. Well, it's the same for the body, right? You say, this is my body. So that means you're the owner of the body. You're not the body. Mm -hmm. The body is your property, your possession, my body. So then the question becomes, well, who are you as the owner of the body? I don't know. That's deep. <laughs> no, no, I know. I know. But it's really important. Yeah. It's really basic. Who are you as owner of the body? You are life. You are life, that solar energy, that master energy. And that life energy is omnipresent in you, omnipotent in you, and omniscient in you. Knows everything, is all power, and is everywhere present. Hmm. That's one of the definitions of God. And if you, go to, if you go to the masters, they all talk about, some people call them God-men. They were men in touch with God, which is life energy. Wow. And that energy weighs nothing, but it runs absolutely everything in your body. Makes, you know, the capacity to think, the capacity to move, the change of the atoms, the 98%. You know, everything you do when you, when you go, you know, everything is made possible by that life energy. Because when that life energy and the body separate, the body is, is dust. Right? Oh, that's a, that's so, there's a then, lot there. And then the, a, yeah. yeah, and then the question is, how well do you know yourself as life? And most people would have to say, almost not at all, because I never bring my awareness into the space my body occupies and look for that light and look in, in in the darkness and look for that sound in the silence and look for that love in the emptiness. Mm -hmm. And we don't do that because so we live our life always in the world of change on the outside in interaction with everything that's changing and there's no peace there because everything's always changing yeah. and that peace is waiting to be discovered and it's your own foundation so how would someone start you know to you've obviously done this over many years and a lot of different learnings and, and trainings yeah. and all those type of things yeah. experiences but if someone were to get started yeah. and said, I want to learn more about what, what you're speaking about here. Is yeah. there one or two small steps they can take in that direction? Biggest, biggest thing, you know, the biggest thing is why people miss it and why people are not interested is because they don't understand the starting point. You know, if you want to take a journey, you need to know where you are mm -hmm. and you need to know where you want to go, right? Yeah. If I don't know where I am, you know, it's, if you want to run the... 800 meter race and you want to get a gold medal olympic gold medal right 
Right. You don't say, well, I'm going to, I want to win the gold medal and I want to run the race, but I, by God, I'm not going to put my feet in the starting blocks. You can't do the race if you're not, right? Right. right. Well, you, so the starting point is so important. What is the starting point? That uneasy feeling in your chest. When you know that that is your heart calling your awareness to come back home inside to the essence of your existence, and whether you call that your life or your God or your, your awareness or the field, as the physicists talk about it when they talk about it from the outside. You know, that's the starting point. And what me, most people do is they try to distract themselves from it. And what I say is, no, 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 no. When your heart aches, sit with it, be with it, feel it. Don't judge it, just feel it. It will not hurt you. It will not kill you. Feel it. And less than a hair's breadth behind that ache is your wholeness. You gotta start where you, you gotta start with where you're at, which is I am disconnected from myself. I may be, I may feel pretty connected to the world, but the heartache is telling me, the uneasiness, the restlessness is telling me that I am not connected to myself. Yeah. And when you when you start with that, and there may be eight billion different ways to bring your awareness inside and you find one that works for you. There are lots of different people doing lots of different things. There's not just one way. And some people can get help from teachers and some people, you know, like they're like mentors in that arena. You know, everybody likes mentors for business, but, but some people say, Oh no, you don't want a mentor for spirituality. Why not? They're experts in their field. Just like those, the, the other, the business mentors are experts in their field. Yeah. So you learn, you learn what you can from them, but ultimately it's your journey from here inward. Yeah. And that's a, and that's a journey of discovery for yourself. Well, I think you, you brought it up earlier too. It's like yeah. going back to, you know, I, I'm such a big believer in going back to childhood yeah. and what are those the traumatizing events or what are the things you learned yeah. or experienced? And, you know, to, and and I agree with everything you're saying, because I remember it's been well over two years now where I had a big uh, breakthrough moment where um, I really had to go back and because I never really looked at, you know, how I was very needy and needing a lot of attention. And it went back to being mm -hmm. a middle child and the way I was raised and all this. Mm -hmm. Once I was able to get past that, it, it kind of confirms what you just said, like, there was almost this easiness inside this thing. Like, <laughs> this this clearness of like no now i have more of that self-love that i guess is what i call it i didn't mm -hmm. the having the relationships outside of myself were now extensions they were niceties they were it wasn't like i needed them to survive right and because i was okay with myself and it took a long time right. but yeah to your point there's so many different routes to go but i i think one of the steps is you have to look back at where you came from and right. understand how that influenced where you're at today. And, and that's right. a hard thing to do. Right. Let me, let me say something about trauma. You know, yeah. a lot of people think that trauma created heartache. It didn't. It didn't. It triggered. Mm. It triggered it. But the heartache came from our self-disconnection. And mm. it's a normal process for every human being. Okay. And nothing has changed your wholeness and your magnificence and the awesomeness of being dust, water, air, and, and light and being able to have the human experience. 
when it's all made out of that all of that junk, right? Yeah. I mean, water's interesting and air's interesting and light's interesting and dust is interesting, but not that interesting. Not as interesting as having it all mixed together in this way yeah. and being able to dance and being able to sing and being able to cry and being able to be touched and being being able to climb trees and being able to do all that a human being is capable of. That's just like, that's astounding. Yeah. Right? And the disconnection from that astoundingness, which never leaves you, you your awareness leaves it. And then you come back home and you say, oh my God, what I felt as a child before, before I, I got distracted yeah. is still there. That same Buddha baby that I was in, in the Buddha tank in my right. mother's womb, or, or Christ child, or Krishna child, or whatever you want to call it, right? Or that life energy, mm. it's always been there. It's never gone anywhere. It's always run the show. It's always unconditionally cared for me. I just didn't notice because my focus was elsewhere. And so the, the, the whole idea of completing your life and making it a magnificent life is that you bring your focus, you bring your awareness back to that wholeness, starting from heartache, starting from not feeling whole to wholeness, from feeling lonely to feeling fulfilled, from feeling empty to feeling fulfilled, right? From feeling not loved on the outside to feeling unconditionally loved from the inside it's never left anybody and all of the ideas you have oh you know i've been bad and i'd be you know we we got told those things and we told ourselves those things it's all bs this is all made up stories yeah. and and we make up those stories as a substitute for being disconnected from ourselves and in that connection there there's nothing there are no stories there are no words this is beyond your mind you walk out of the mind into your heart. There are no thoughts in your heart, even though some scriptures say they are and they're wrong. There's no thoughts in your heart. There are no thoughts in your knees. There's, no, there's only thoughts in the, in the cortex of, of parts of your brain, right? And, and when, you get, you know, when you get that, when you get to yourself, then you have fulfilled the primary purpose of being alive. And your business purpose is a second, secondary purpose. If you're not whole in yourself, you don't bring, you can't bring all of yourself to the situations and the projects that you do. So the doing the homework is really important. And then and then you don't have the anxieties because then basically you're just you're just you're you're living into situations. And if you find your inspiration, then I mean, we must have had, when people ask me, well, how did you deal with obstacles? I don't remember that we had any, you know, except we had to get from place to place. But I don't remember it ever being a problem in moments when I was inspired about, about the, the benefits we could bring to so many people. And these were really benefits. We didn't have to kind of cook it up in our head. Yeah. Right. Is that just because you took the opportunistic, you know, kind of viewpoint, the optimism of everything you were doing was for the positive of the world versus, well, you know, where we can kind of get negative to ourselves? Yeah, well, there, there's, there's a thing when before I knew how to get home, 
I used to everything that I did, it was like, how can I get myself taken care of by this? So I was trying to get taken care of on the outside with, by things that can't take care of me on the inside. So it doesn't work. Like we, we say it all the time and we try it all the time. It doesn't work. When I was able to get to that place and say, okay, I'm taken care of, it changed. It was like, okay, I'm taken care of. And if I don't feel taken care of, I know I need to go to the place from where I feel taken care of mm. because it's there, right? And then it's like, okay, I feel taken care of. It's not about me anymore because I'm taken care of. I don't need more. Okay, where can I help? Okay, what needs to be done? Okay, how can I make the biggest splash for good in one body in this lifetime? Mm -hmm. So, my, so my, my way of thinking changed from an experience of being fulfilled. And I had started doing that eight years before I got poisoned by pesticides. Oh, wow. Now, I was, you know, we're always work in progress. Now it's been almost 50 years, but I'm still a work in progress. And my senses will always take me out and I will always have to deliberately bring it back. And that's why it's, a, it's important to make it a discipline until you start liking the experience of being yourself so much that it becomes a joy to take the time to do that. Mm. And that happens, you know. And, and it's, it's like learning to walk. You know, you, you start trying to go in, you haven't done it. <laughs> you know, it's like hard. It like, seems like hard. But tell yourself it's easy because it's already there. You just, you just got to learn to get, get good at moving, moving your focus inside. You get as good as you've come, become at taking your focus outside. And then everything works. When this is whole, everything works. Full presence in all of your being and your surroundings. Yeah. It's the, the cherished state of the masters. Full presence in all of your being and your surroundings. That seems like a real cool spot to, uh, to get to. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing. And it gets better and better with time. Like, like old wine, you know, it gets better and better <laughs> with age. You know, not much gets better with age, but that does. What a, because you become better at doing it. And that thing never changes. This doesn't get, like life energy never gets old. It doesn't get wrinkles. Yeah. You know, it's formless and indestructible. Mm. And in that formless indestructibility of, of unconditional love and perfect peace is where all your answers are. And all your wisdom is, and all your fulfillment is, and all the things you hoped and prayed and 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 wished for, they're all there. Everything is there. If you had to reflect back, what's the yeah. uh, what's the what's the hardest part? What, what has been the hardest part of your journey? If you, you know, I, looking back from where I am now, you know, even the war was a, was a gift. So I, I look back and say, you know, I've had an amazing life. I didn't get along with my dad and my mother abandoned me at one point during the war. And, you know, the war was there and all of that. Because, because looking back at it now, the war focused me on the issues, what needs to happen, the search for how to, how to not get into wars. Very early, six years old, right? Yeah. And, you know, if, you, if your goal was to come up with something new, then not having a, a, a parents to lean on is actually pretty, that's actually pretty good because you have to think for yourself. 
if you can't find answers on the outside in a comfortable situation, then maybe you're going to be more prone to search for answers on the inside because you have nothing to depend on on the outside. Wow, that's another gift. So every, you know, when you look at where was the hard times? Well, they, the hard times were all when it was happening, but they don't look like hard times anymore mm. because everything prepared me for what I searched for, what I found, what I became aware of, what I learned, that was all driven by that search. And, he, and eventually that came together and that wholeness returned or mm -hmm. I returned. I, my focus returned to the wholeness. Yeah. So I like it's, that perspective. Yeah. yeah so, so when you say, well, what were the hard times? It's like, you know, what were the obstacles? I don't remember that there were any. Without, you know, and I'm, I'm, not, I'm not losing my memory or anything, right? Well, it's I, one remember, of those things. I remember they were hard at the time. I was not socially adjusted very well. I remember lying in my bed and my body was filled with light. And I said, I know I'm not socially very adept, but there's nothing wrong with me on the inside. That was very comforting, right? Yeah. I didn't have a lot of friends. I spent a lot of time by myself because I didn't trust people that much because I'd got, went, gone through the war and all the aftermath of that. And, you know, I probably saw the worst of people. So it's kind of like, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe you shouldn't depend on other people as much as you should depend on something within you where, where all your goodies and all your answers are. And your life has no agenda other than taking care of your body. Right? Yeah. So if you have questions, ask life. Life will give you good answers. Yeah. You know? so, so then what are the answers for all of the things that are not working on environment, on politics, on relationships, on health? From life's perspective, what are the answers? Ask life. It's sitting inside of you, yeah. <laughs> waiting to supply the answers. Yeah. Well, and, you, and, and I like how you mentioned, though, the because really those the hard parts are the ones that make us who we are right going through those obstacles it almost, it makes us grow it makes us change because otherwise we wouldn't really change yeah you know as parents we want to we want to make life as easy for our kids as we can yeah and then the kids get spoiled and hardship early in life is is a lot better than hardship later in life because when when it's early you are most able to learn and adapt. But if you if really have a good life early and then you get old and you get wrinkles and all the things that made you sexy kind of like <laughs> go by the wayside yeah. and then you have to adjust much harder, much harder. And the tendency is that people, people who have a hard time early have a good time later and people who have a good time early have a harder time later. Hmm. Tendency. I'm not saying it's 100%. Yeah. But but yeah, hardship is not, you know, challenge. Hardship is is very character building. Yeah. And can be very, very useful because of what you have to learn from. Yeah. Well, let's uh and I, I appreciate the time. This has been, you know, it's so funny when you look at the clock and time just evaporates when you get in these yeah. conversations Boy, and, and where's that? Where and, the hell is he going? <laughs> yeah, I appreciate it. this. is This has been really informative and, and really thoughtful. Um, but I want to ask you this. Let, let's end on this point. Let's let's talk about the the younger folks. Let's go back to your younger self, maybe uh, fleeing the war and those type of things. 
And you could give one piece of advice. You can give a quote, you can give an insight, whatever you want that would help them along their journey. Now, again, we certainly want people to have the hardship so they can learn, as you just mentioned, but Mm -hmm. to at least maybe give them more insight or thoughtfulness back in that age, or maybe we all didn't have that. Uh, what would you share? What's been something throughout your uh, your whole life that you've learned that's maybe been the most impactful? I, I would say I would say contrary to what you think on the outside, in this in this hardship you're going through, I want you to know that on the inside, everything is perfectly okay, and can never be not okay. So there will always be within you something amazing. And the sooner you find your way back to it, the more incredible your life is going to be. Mm. Wow. Right? Because, because the way we see it, it's like when we're, in, when we're in, a, in a crisis situation, you know, everything is going, you know, we don't have answers for what needs to happen. And we're focused all on the outside of whatever the, whatever the drama is. Mm-hmm. And we're completely missing that there's zero drama on the inside. In your mind, there's drama. On the inside, in the space your body occupies, there is zero drama. There is peace and unconditional love all the time and inspiration and joy and wisdom and, and all the answers you would ever want to, you know, all the answers you don't have even questions for. They're already in there. Everything is there. Every, and there is not a single person, single human being, no matter what their history or their story or their, you know, their, their situation is, who doesn't have that incredibleness inside of them all the time during the dramas and between the dramas. Hmm. We just got to unlock it. And that's like a, yeah. And you, yeah, you just have to, you you have to go back to it. You have to be willing to go back to it, which is a practice, which is, which takes, takes a little practice. Yeah. But, 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 but imagine that in the most hopeless situation, everything is completely okay inside. That's, it's almost like a little. It's almost like a little safe we have hidden, and we forgot the key to it. Yeah, it's and like we that. just have to get back and figure it's out like how to it. unlock it. It's 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 yeah. It's it's the universe's joke, you know, <laughs> that everything we're so studiously looking for on the outside is all on the inside. It's already there. We don't have to earn it. We it, we got it as a gift. Hmm. Right. Wow. Where, where can everyone find you online if they want to say hello? Yeah, where would they well, come? Talking, where would they about, come? talking about oils, and I work with digestive enzymes and probiotics too. There's a website called Udos Choice, U-D-O-S Choice.com. Yeah. And that's where we talk about the, the products that we have and how we made them, why we made them, what, what our thinking is be, behind it. And then I have another uh, site that's UdoErasmus.com or TheUdo.com. And we have educational material and some courses on it. And I'm on Instagram and I'm on Facebook and I have a YouTube channel. There's a, it's, I'm not hard to find. That's awesome. This was a lot of fun. I, I got, I got to go do my research on flaxseed oil now and, and mm-hmm. really start because it, it yeah. definitely got me but, thinking for someone that Udo's, tries to, but Udo's oil is a better version of flax oil because okay. flax oil is unbalanced. Oh, okay. lots of trees, but not enough omega sixes. So we developed a blend called Udo's oil. that has got nine ingredients. And all the good stuff that you need from fats, none of the bad stuff, made with health in mind, in glass, in the fridge, in the supplement section in health food stores, but you can also get it on Amazon and other distributors. Yeah. 
That's uh, yeah, it's good. You know, it's so interesting because there's so much information out there, mm-hmm. so much. And, and to your point, I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of bad stuff. There's a lot of bad products. There's a yeah. lot of things that probably shouldn't be on the shelves. I don't know why we allowed them on the shelves. That's for a whole yeah. nother podcast probably. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we can go well, hours on that. But. Yeah. And part of, part of the, part of the, um, part of feet not feeling taken care of leads people to deception. Because when you feel taken care of this, you can walk a straight line, mm. right? You say what it, you say, what you think, what you have to say, and you don't, you don't, you don't have to worry that somebody's going to cut off and you're going to die, right? When you feel cared for, but when you don't feel cared of, you got to make up stories, stories about yourself, stories about other people, stories about situations, and it's always, and those stories are always made up. If you look at the psychology of it, those stories are always made up in the hope that somehow, you know, doing doing all of that maneuvering will make you feel better. Everybody's looking to feel better because they feel discontent from that disconnect. Mm -hmm. And if we want to change the world and what needs to be changed and the environment in our politics, in our relationships, in in our health, the first thing is we need to change. We need to, our perception of ourselves needs to change. To do that, we need to get in touch with that deeper part. And then we will start living into the world from a different state of being. Then we're not going to be living from fear or from anger. We're going to be living from peace. We're going to be living from love. And when you're feeling love, you create a different world than when when you're angry or or afraid. Wow. So the the first transformation is within us. Yeah. And the transformation of the world that is 200,000 years overdue follows yeah. from this, the transformation in our state of being. doesn't precede it. Yeah. You, do, you don't build a culture of peace. You, build, you, 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 dis, you discover, you connect to the peace within you, and then you live peacefully into the world. That's state a, of that- being, State of being is everything. It comes to expression automatically. So yeah, so the most important thing to do is to work on the state of being. Wow. That's a a good mic drop moment there. That might be a good spot to to end on. Um, So thank you again for joining. This has been a lot of fun. Very, very informative. And uh, I appreciate you taking the time out. Yeah, well, it's fun for me. It's another one of those things that I think is worth talking about, like the oils were then. (laughs) Well, I hope you all enjoyed that great interview. And thanks again for stopping by the Just Get Started podcast. Uh, Grateful to have you here. And if I could just make one quick ask before you run along on your day, you know, I've grown this podcast organically over the last three plus years. And it's from the great listeners that pick up, you know, a quote or a key learning or just enjoy the entertainment of the podcast and they share it out to their audience. They leave a review on Apple Podcasts, whatever it is. Um, And I'd ask that for you as well. If you've made it to this point and are listening in, um, a lot of the podcast uh, platforms that you listen on have a share button right there where you can share it out to your audience on various platforms. So I would be so appreciative if you wouldn't mind taking a quick second to do that um, if you really enjoyed this episode. So thanks again. I'm happy to connect online. I always love to meet new people. So if you want to go to my website, brianondraco.com, 
or connect with me. I'm at Brian Andreco, basically everywhere on Instagram, Twitter, even Clubhouse, that new app that's out there. Uh, you name it. So uh, follow me online and uh, certainly look forward to connecting further. I hope you all have a great day, a phenomenal week, and we'll talk to you soon. Take care. Take care.